everyone. This is your host, Rodney, and welcome to episode one of the Park Attic Podcast. So for our first official topic, we're going to be talking about the Marvel theme park universe and the new Marvel lands that are coming to three Disney parks around the world. Today we're going to be analyzing old and new pieces of information Disney has been putting out concerning these lands. This includes the attractions, dining locations, and the unique experiences they are developing. One of which is actually a special type of animatronic that basically has a mind of its own. It's a bit of a weird topic, but an interesting one that I can't wait to get into a little bit later. Not only that, I will be selecting some opinions and speculations that you guys sent to me over Twitter. Uh, So shout out to those people that participated in the little survey that I was doing. Those opinions really help since the goal of this episode is actually to clear up some misconceptions about the new Marvel-centric lands and debunk some rumors that it will be a quote-unquote budget land. If you guys actually dig a little deep into the information we have so far and analyze what uh, was announced during D23 2017, um, we actually have a well-thought-out and intricate project that Imagineering was hooking up. So that being said, let's get right into this episode and I hope you guys enjoy So since we really don't have that much to go on when talking about these lands, I did split this segment into three categories, which are the attractions, dining, and experiences. This is so we can analyze every single piece of information and get a better picture of what exactly this land is going to look like and what the layout's going to be. So first, I did want to talk about the current attractions in Disney parks that are supposed to be integrated into these new Marvel-themed areas. These are the attractions that are currently open and operating that use the Marvel IP in their theming. The rides we're going to be talking about today are the Iron Man Experience, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Nano Battle, and the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout rides. So the first attraction we're going to be talking about today is the Iron Man Experience in Hong Kong Disneyland. This one uh, uses the Atlas Simulator, which is commonly used in Star Tours attractions. Atlas stands for the Advanced Technology Leisure Application Simulator. This ride actually opened on January 11th, 2017, which also happens to be my birthday. Thank you, Disney. I know you were thinking of me. Uh, This ride is actually themed around the Stark Expo and the newly built Stark Tower in Hong Kong. Yes, sport a vehicle called the Iron Wing. And the best way I can describe this vehicle is an Iron Man suit that was put on steroids, like molded into the vague shape of like a car or like a ship. Um, I thought it was a very interesting way for Imagineering to kind of think of, uh, like, how can we fit all of these people into one Iron Man suit? So, I thought it was interesting. Good thinking on Imagineering. I thought it was very, uh, very, a very cool way to kind of put everybody into just one huge, like, um, invention of Tony Stark. That has basically the same capabilities of an Iron Man suit. It has repulsor rays, uh, the arc reactor, it can fly and all that. Um, And all of these are actually used during the ride, if you actually ride it. Um, The story itself revolves around Hydra, which is the organization uh, that the Red Skull kind of is the head of. um, If you guys remember that from the MCU or like the comics. Um, they're trying to obtain a large and advanced arc reactor that sits atop Stark Tower. So in order to stop Hydra and protect Hong Kong, he joined Iron Man to defeat the Hydra bots in invading the city and protect Stark Tower. 
So this um, this attraction is actually the flagship of the Stark Expo area in Hong Kong Tomorrowland. One thing that I thought was kind of sad and interesting at the same time is that um, I think the uh, next Marvel expansion that Hong Kong is going to go through is going to take out uh, Space Mountain, which I thought was kind of weird because I don't I don't think uh, a Disney park has taken out. A space mountain like ever in their history uh, um so i'm pleading to imagineers don't touch it just leave it there like let's keep the legacy going let's not start a trend because i love space mountain and if y'all take that out i will literally riot so um uh yeah so this ride is actually the start of the marvel theme park universe and the first attraction to use the marvel ip so I thought it was kind of fitting that an Iron Man ride uh, would be the start of a theme park universe and the first ride to use a Marvel IP because as we know, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man movie was the first uh, movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So nice parallels that um, the Disney parks kind of use there, you know, starting off uh, the uh, theme park universe with the same character that started off the... <laughs> cinematic universe that basically brought this theme park universe to even uh, be a concept that they would consider my opinions about this ride uh i i think it's a decent ride um i think once you've ridden star tours and experienced that ride system you pretty much experience every single ride that uses that same system uh, when looking at the ride uh, POV, they used this one gimmick that kind of irritated me that when I was uh, watching it. You know when Star Tours at the end of one of the scenarios, the, the, the um, kind of the nose of one of the uh, ships that, that uh, is used in the Star Wars movie kind of breaks into the Star Speeder? Imagine that effect times like 20 because I guess one of the features of the Iron Wing is that it can repair its glass screen. So, like, every two seconds, there's a Hydra bot, like, breaking into the um, Iron Wing and trying to get the guests. And uh, I thought that was kind of repetitive, but, you know, whatever they want to do, I guess they want to show off, like, oh, this is really 3D, like, we're going to come and get you, and we're going to break into the um, Iron Wing, but... Um, other than that, it's a pretty standard ride. I think um, since it was the first uh, ride to use a Marvel IP, there's going to be uh, some kinks that they are eventually going to work out with feature attractions. And this is the case for the next one we're going to be talking about, which is actually located right next to this attraction. It's called the uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Nano Battle. Um, it's a... Uh, Omnivooter, uh, Omnimover shooter ride system that's commonly used with the uh, Buzz Lightyear attractions. These include the Astro Blasters, uh, Planet Rescue rides, and the Space Ranger Spin. This ride actually opened up yesterday as of this recording, March 31st, 2019. This is located in the Stark Expo section and takes place in Shield Science and Technology Pavilion. The ride itself is is themed to a showcase that um, that showcases the various technological marvels that S.H.I.E.L.D. has developed. And they even show off the blaster that Coulson used to confront Loki in the Avengers, if you um, remember that. I think it was developed to, to kind of combat that destroyer dude from the first Thor movie. 
But um, the story revolves around Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, played by Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly, the same actors that uh, play them in the uh, MCU movies. Uh, trying to stop Hydra's Arnim Zola, who was seen in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, uh, the villain that kind of replicated his uh, soul or like identity onto computers so that he can move like from technology to technology and kind of take stuff over. Um, and he's trying to invade the pavilion with this swarm of miniature Hydra bots. So you go in there and you use EMP blasters to disable these Hydra bots and are shrunken down to the size of an ant to stop the invasion. The queue itself contains many references to the greater MCU and the Marvel theme park universe, such as a clock that references the bases of the Avengers, which are actually the other Marvel lands. I think the two are the one in America and the one in Paris, and they actually have a clock that references the time in Wakanda, so I'm glad... Uh, us Black Panther fans are getting some representation in the Disney parks. Um, so, a video of Ant-Man and the Wasp interacting with S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and Iron Man is played throughout the queue with references to local culture. Um, I know a running joke in the in the, um, in the the queue video is like Paul Rudd or X slash Ant-Man wanting some egg tarts, which I guess are like a big like food item in Hong Kong Disneyland or like a part of the culture of Hong Kong. Um, I thought that was funny. I think the dynamic between uh, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly kind of stays true to what we saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp. They're a really good team. They're both really funny. Um, And just the interactions with um, Iron Man kind of give us uh, this hint on like, oh, everybody knows each other in this theme park universe. There's a, a common like narrative that's being expressed which is Hydra invading the Stark Expo, which I think is going to be the case for all parks, not exactly this Hydra um, invasion, but I think each park is going to have a different storyline that kind of all connects into this one big thing that um, creates this sort of narrative that includes every single park's uh, storyline. And um, my opinions about this, this ride... From what I've seen, it, it, it does seem kind of like the standard uh, the standard shooting ride, kind of like Buzz Lightyear. But they do make uh, some sort of big changes. They do use a lot of screens because, like I said, uh, the original actors didn't film for this ride. Um, unlike Buzz Lightyear, though, they do have more physical sets. I know Buzz Lightyear relies heavily on cardboard cutouts, but... Um, the Hydra bots that you're actually shooting out are like these physical like 3D sets and like these 3D bots that uh I that I think you have to shoot the bottom of or like there's this huge like yellow target on whatever part of the uh, body it is and you have to specifically shoot that which I'm kind of disappointed in I would rather them just not have a targeting system because that kind of takes me out of the immersiveness and the storytelling because obviously Hydra bots aren't going to have like this open like (laughs) soft spot for you to uh, disable them but uh, other than that I thought that the way they kind of shrink you down to the size of an ant was really cool since Ant-Man and the Wasp kind of shrink down in phases, the guests do that too. Um, how, how can I describe this? Once you get into the shrinking room, um, I think it's a screen that's all around you. And 
it goes up in phases so like think like you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you're like down to the size of an ant that's kind of how it looks but like i said i'm following the the ride pov since i don't have the time or the money to go to hong kong disneyland so i thought that was kind of cool i was kind of curious on how um imagineering would address uh the kind of way the guests would be shrunken down and they did a pretty good job it looks exactly like the uh, way you would think um uh Ant-Man and the Wasp would shrink down or like the point of view on how they would shrink down so good job on them um I would definitely ride this ride I thought it was cool the scenery looks good and I'm glad they're using kind of the uh, obscure Marvel villains because I know Arnim Zola was really wasn't featured in the MCU he was just kind of a throwaway character but he is uh, used more heavily in the comics so good on them for not just relying on the villains that we know we're seeing new villains and all that and that's pretty much all I have to say on this attraction so this next attraction I have actually been on um this is the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout located in Disney California Adventure. It opened up on May 27th, 2017. So this is the second Marvel attraction to open in a Disney park. This was a retheme of a previous attraction, which was the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. This uh, does use the same drop system of the ride, except it's ram randomized and programmed to different classic songs such as I Want You Back by the Jackson 5, Give Up the Funk by Parliament, and Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. And just as a side note, um, Disney, I don't know who's like control of my ride every time I go on it, but I keep getting Give Up the Funk by Parliament and I want to experience the other songs. Please give me, uh, like the next time I go, please give me another song. I know this is kind of annoying and, and, and like I shouldn't complain but like I just I want to ride to something else like I love that program and I love the drop sequence for that but just give me another ride sequence please I'm begging you um but other for my uh complaints and moving on um this ride is actually themed around the collector's fortress the collector being a character in the first guardians film when the guardians were trying to get rid of the orb and have it secure in a safe place this was the dude with the white hair that's uh played i, I forgot the actor's name but i know his last name is like del toro <clears throat> but um um it also contains his collection of rare artifacts some of which you may have seen in the comics or movies and maybe a couple of familiar disney park characters one of the most interesting ones are um there's a figment and the yet the old yeti from the matterhorn from across the way in disneyland i don't know who thought of this but bless their heart and thank you like i, I kind of had a little geek moment because us at uh, uh us over here at disneyland we don't get this whole like figment like thing like i do because i love um i love epcot but other people who haven't even heard of epcot they don't know who figment is so Thank you to whichever Imagineer, like, did that as a shout-out to, like, us Disney fans. My heart goes out to you. Yes, we love. Um, and another cool one is there's actually, um, um, like, hints about uh, the old ride, the Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror. I think there's a bellhop hat in the collector's study, and, um the marvel references are actually pretty good too i think there's a old there's an ultron century to the left 
of the queue when you first get into the um, main like building, uh, not on the outside queue, but the inside queue. There's an Ultron century um, that's kind of beat up from the Battle of uh, Sokovia. So I thought that was that was kind of cool. You could probably find more in there. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see here. What else do we got on this attraction? So the storyline is that you have to break the Guardians out from their entrapment uh, in the collection and help Rocket with a great escape that may or may not work out. Um, you board a, a gantry lift, which is, which is uh, let's be honest, basically an elevator, and um, experience gravity-defying drops while helping the Guardians escape. The ride uses practical sets and screens to convey the progression of the story. Uh, what I mean by this is that there is a certain part where you... Um, you uh go up to the floor that has the generator and you power it down and that one is a, a physical set but the other floors are are screens where you see um kind of the aftermath of breaking the guardians out you know all of these creatures are are um escaping and kind of tormenting the uh, guardians as they escape so um i think it's effective i like the ride um uh, I make a point to go on it every single time I go to California Adventure. And just as a side note and a pro tip, anybody who wants to go on this ride, do the rope drop. It's not worth it to to go later in the day. It's better than getting a fast pass. And um, doing that first at California Adventure, you can pretty much knock everything out. So, you know, little pro tip. I mean, we are, uh, of course, a mostly Disney Park uh, podcast. <laughs> So, um, those are actually the, the last, um, last, uh, attractions that are open now, um, or that are going to be open any, um, anytime, uh, recently. Uh, so we're going to move on, uh, to the next, uh, segment, which is the future edition of Marvel Theme Park Universe. Uh, there isn't that much information to go off of, so I'll be relying on what we have and speculations from the community about said land. The first attraction we're going to talk about is the one that I am personally looking forward to, the Spider-Man attraction. This will be featured at Disney's California Adventure and Walt Disney Studios in Paris. This will most likely be a screen-based shooter. I know all of us kind of do a a collective groan when (laughs) talking about screen-based shooters. Um, Think Toy Story Mania, but the way that they're wording... um, kind of how they're developing this ride makes it seem like they're going to do something out of the box and revolutionary um, uh, to kind of um, set this iteration aside from other um, attractions like Toy Story Mania or something like that. Um, this ride will feature the web program, which is the World Engineering Brigade. Uh, it will feature Spider-Man in a new Stark Enhanced suit, and I just have to say... I love this suit. <laughs> um, I like how they enlarge the um, the spider logo because you, if if they just did that, you're really not going to be able to see the uh, spider logo if you kept with the movie's um, iteration. And they work they work personally with the Marvel Studios costume designer, so uh, I'm glad to see those uh, those two teams kind of collaborating um, and and making sure that this Marvel Land is going to be to the expectation that it needs to be. 
And um, as we all know, this will be replacing It's Tough to Be a Bug in California and Armageddon in uh, Paris. Uh, can't say much about Armageddon. I know that it's a special effects show, I think. But thank God, Tough to Be a Bug is gone because that thing gave me nightmares every time I went on it, even though I'm a 19 year old like dude. Um, I hate when they used to like come down from the ceiling, the spiders, and they would crawl over your legs, and then the bug spray would be sprayed. And I still have like like nightmares about it. Don't even go into it. But um, uh, my opinions about this ride, I personally am gonna like it because I love anything uh, Spider Man. I do hope Tom Holland is gonna do filming for this ride because if he's not i'm gonna ride because i think everybody on twitter knows that tom holland is like my number one dude best person in the marvel universe don't at me um um i'm excited for this ride but i'm also very cautious because i'm not good at shooting uh screen shooting based rides so don't do this to me disney make it a little easier for people like me that's really the only gripe I have about it. I do wish they would have used that patent that they filed for the swinging, um, uh, the swinging roller coaster ride. But I do understand that there are land restrictions when it comes to uh, expanding the California parks, and I hope that this attraction will live up to the the legacy of Spider-Man. Uh, and let's see uh, what else we have here. We have the next Marvel attraction will be coming to every park that features a Marvel land. And that is going to be some sort of large Avengers attraction. The only one that's really confirmed is one at uh, the Paris Park, uh, Walt Disney Studios. Uh, it will feature a Iron Man and the Avengers coaster, which will possibly put you in the middle of a battle with an unknown villain and the Avengers. We do have one uh, piece of concept art that they have released. It's the queue with Iron Man kind of looking at this uh, holographic globe. I'm guessing it's gonna be like detailing the situation and like, oh, we need to do this or, we need to do that um like i don't really have that much to say on it because the only thing i'm glad about is that um that rock and roller coaster attraction that they had is finally gone because the facade for that was ugly no shade paris but i'm glad that that's gone now um Let's see here the hong kong disneyland uh, concept art has a whole section that's illustrated in the concept art that seems to be a hanger for the quinjets that the shield foundation and the avengers use to transport themselves i think that this could be a facade for a future avengers attraction considering that it takes up literally like half the land um and that's why i said that i think that um the tomorrowland section is going to be completely taken over by marvel which it's kind of a double-edged sword for me. Um, like, we're losing a, a, a good land in Space Mountain. And, uh, I can't even get into it because that's like a core land for every Disney park. But you do you, Hong Kong. Um, just make sure it's quality. Um, and another thing about this, in the concept art, it seems like there's going to be... This is going to be built from the ground up because it does seem like there's going to be levels to this attraction. Um, there's a first floor, a second floor, and a third floor. I don't know whether that's going to be space for, like, the restaurants or, like, the shops. Or if it's all just going to be a facade for the Avengers attraction. Um, so, yeah, that's all in Hong Kong Disneyland. The Disney's California Adventure, actually, um, we do have some sort of history with the Avengers. Um, 
and this new like dark ride slash roller coaster that everybody's speculating about. So uh, when Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout first opened, we had a vault, and I think it's still there, but um, people were reporting that this vault that has the A logo on it for the Avengers was surrounded by cast members dressed up as shield agents and they were analyzing it they were um they were like taking notes and they were it looks like it was like an investigation or something and people took that as a sort of um as a sort of tease about what's actually uh coming so uh people are speculating that's most likely going to be a roller coaster i do want to um emphasize that it will probably won't affect hollywood land it'll probably go near um the spider-man coaster so any like monsters inc stands which is me because i love that ride with all my heart don't worry at least for now we're safe um but like i said these are based on like um opinions and like rumors or um, speculation so don't take this as like gospel that this is gonna actually happen so um that's all on the attractions for today we're gonna talk about dining which is really scarce um we really don't have that much info on it we do have a a, um a a confirmed like restaurant that's gonna be themed around ant-man it's gonna be a microbrewery in um dca and the other one is gonna be unknown but it's gonna be in paris uh it's most likely that they will have specialty beer since that type of restaurant does uh, kind of brew its own beer. Um, so any of you like uh, uh, Disney, like drink around the world, Epcot stands come over to California. We're going to have specialty beer. Um, so haha, y'all don't get a Marvel land. We get a whole Marvel land and um, special beer. Um, a building theme to Ant-Man can be seen in the concept art for the Paris land, and it's next to the Spider-Man attraction, so I'm guessing that's the restaurant, and, um, it, it is going to be located next to the Spider-Man attraction. Uh, we don't have any more information on that, so, um, I'm just going to kind of skim over that. More dining options are likely to be announced soon. I did see this truck kind of parked in front of the Spider-Man attraction, and I think that's going to be a food truck. It seems... Um, to be, I think they're going to retheme the, um, the kind of backlot food truck that's located next to Guardians of the Galaxy and kind of move it over there. Um, I'm down, just have good food because you're representing Spider-Man's name and like I literally just said, this is my favorite superhero, so I want quality food. That's it on dining, but experiences are probably going to be the second main feature of this land. Disney has been working tirelessly to provide new and innovative ways to entertain the guests. The California land will uh, feature a pre-existing show that was featured on the uh, Disney Cruise Line called Doctor Strange Journey into the Mystic Arts. The show is kind of like the Jedi Training Academy. Um... Um, because it does involve, you know, children going up there and interacting with, uh, Doctor Strange, learning the ways of the Sorcerer Supreme and his assistants kind of bring you up there and they use special effects and practical effects to kind of show like, like, oh, the portals and the mirror dimension and all that. Um, like I said, it will use all those effects 
It will be located near the Spider-Man attraction, and it will probably uh, be included in Phase 1 of the Marvel Land and DCA. The only gripe I have about this is when researching, people are saying it's going to be located in a courtyard, which is kind of weird considering that um, the one on the Disney Cruise Line was featured on a stage because it had all these like mind-blowing effects and all that. Uh, if you're going to do it in the courtyard, you at least have some sort of like platform maybe um maybe like the uh, what is it where the like the performing arts people are at um in california venture where uh the sunset showcase and monsters inc are have some sort of stage like that don't just have it in a courtyard because that kind of cheapens it i wouldn't doubt it if they're probably just gonna uproot that courtyard and move it over to uh the Bugsland area <clears throat> That's all I have to say on that. Um, the only opinion I have is I want to do it, even though I'm not a child. Disney uh, make that rule more lax. Have everybody experience it. I know it's meant for kids, but I want to do magic. I want to be like Doctor Strange. Dang it. <laughs> um, I talked about this next one in the intro. Uh, that kind of weird topic. This thing will most likely differentiate the land from previous iterations of Marvel and the other theme parks. The stuntronics that are currently being developed for Disney parks are animatronics that are specifically designed to do high-flying stunts over the heads of guests. So these, um, these animatronics can basically calculate their jump and like know exactly when to like protect themselves. But even before that, they can do dynamic poses while flying through the air. I don't know about y'all, but that just screams like robot invasion. Disney, what are you doing? Don't be the cause of iRobot. Please don't. I, I, I don't. Oh my gosh. I already am scared of animatronics, even though I love them. And y'all are just making it worse because if I see one flying over my head, I'm dipping. Um, they will be catapulted into the air during certain times of the day to perform these stunts. One of them can be seen in the Spider-Man concept art uh, for the ride, swinging above the attraction. This is probably the only one I'm going to be hyped for, and I will probably be standing by the attraction all day just to see um, see those stunts. Because seeing Spider-Man fly over my head, I'm going to like freak out in the like the coolest way possible. I'm going to be like, oh my god. Because that's... Uh... <sighs> I'm just glad they're honoring, like, the fact that, oh, Spider-Man is one of our biggest uh, superheroes, so we gotta honor him in that way by having him web swing in front of the guests as they're going through this ride and as they're going into the ride, so, um, I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my, uh, little, little, um, little, uh, praise to the Imagineering and all that because I, I do appreciate you guys thinking, thinking about the fans in that way and all that, um, so that's all I have to say on the uh, actual like concepts in the parks. Um, the next segment we're gonna go into after the break is actually gonna be uh, your guys's valuable opinions and concerns about this concept. Um, uh, like I said, I'm glad you guys have sent in so many, so many comments about these uh, these lands that are coming to the Disney parks, and uh, we're gonna have a quick break. And when we get back, we will get into these comments.
If you are a part of the Disney community and you like hearing updates on the newest tea brewing, head over to the Disney Tea With Me podcast, which is hosted by my good friend Victoria at He Calls Me PP on Twitter, on the Anchor app, Distwitz Network, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts after the show. I was featured on the first three episodes where we discussed a multitude of topics that you guys would be interested in. So go show some love to that podcast and let's get right into your guys' comments on Marvelland. So let's get into these comments. The first one uh, is from Mickey Waffles on Twitter. Uh, she says, I just don't see the need for it. I know Disney owns Marvel, but it just doesn't feel like Disney to me at all. I'm worried about the parks turning into Universal with their mishmash of random stuff that doesn't fit well together. Um, Mickey Waffles, I definitely understand your concern. Uh, I personally don't think it's going to turn into Universal as... Um, I think this land's going to be way more high quality and immersive than uh, what they have at Islands of Adventure, the Marvel Superhero Island. Uh, like I've said before on Twitter, and I think I said it on the other podcast that I'm on, um, I, I think that people just need to realize that some things in the parks just aren't for everybody. This Marvel Land's more appealing to people uh, post-Endgame, you know, seeing all these characters lost and, and gone. But um, they're going to be pretty much immortalized in this land. And I think we just need to look at it in that perspective. This is kind of um, um, kind of making sure that people can enjoy these films for as long as possible. And I know people have this argument that um, IPs won't stand the test of time, but it's Marvel. Marvel, I think, is 80 this year. And if it's lasted this long, it's pretty much guaranteed to last as long at uh, California Adventure. So, um, I do uh, appreciate you being honest, but I personally uh, respectfully disagree with this. I don't think that Disney is going to come to that point where they're just throwing random stuff in the parks. Uh, They're very selective about what comes into the parks. That's why we don't have an Atlantis ride or... Or like a home on the range ride because those really didn't perform well, but the MCU is is performing well and it's um, basically prime real estate for a new uh, land. So with that being addressed, we're gonna go on to the next one from Ray Lizzo on Twitter, one of my friends. Um, she says, "I feel like since where it's going, uh, since it's going to be at Bugs Land, uh, I feel it's gonna be really small." And Japan and Paris is going to get a huge Marvel land compared to the California one. Um, I do agree with you. I do think it's going to be small. The Hong Kong and Paris locations are probably going to be a little bit bigger because they're not restricted by uh, um, surrounding like lands or uh, landlocked at all. But I think that's not really going to impact the quality because what we see from uh, the concept art and everything, I do think that they're just going to kind of jam-pack everything into that small uh, section and like I said there is a possibility that they might expand in a a possible third phase to Hollywoodland and like Monsters Inc and everything but I don't see that happening anytime soon um yeah but definitely don't don't let that discourage you from uh trying to see how this park is going to turn out because I know a lot of people have this uh have this fear. Uh, I think it'll be good. It's in the good hands of the Imagineers. And yeah. 
So the next one is from at he calls me PP, my friend Victoria on Twitter. Uh, she says how it will do in Paris compared to Disneyland in Anaheim. Um, I'm gonna be real honest here. Disney uh, Walt Disney Studios in Paris needs like a whole like redo and makeover because it's one of the worst parks in the Disney lineup. Um, I think Iger and Chapek kind of saw this and uh, were like, "Well, let's just move all of the things we've planned for other parks and put it in here." So that's kind of why we're getting this whole like Frozen and like a small section of Galaxy's Edge and a Marvel Land into that park because essentially it is a, 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 a knockoff of Hollywood Studios. But I think the Paris locals will probably enjoy it. Um, it won't be it it won't be kind of taken for granted because they have been kind of vying for something new in their parks. So, um, like I said, only the, uh, only time can tell. This is, these are all questions for the future. I'm not a fortune teller, obviously, but from what they've been doing with the Marvel, um, like Summer of Heroes over at, uh, at Walt Disney Studios, I do think that it's going to be, uh, recept, uh, very well. Um, Disney's kind of testing and, and, and kind of, uh, seeing what will work and what won't with like the whole stunt show and new costumes and new characters so i it's gonna it's gonna be good for them i think it's gonna kind of boost their attendance the next one is from iron bantha aka max on twitter he says budget cuts maybe they're working around it by opening it in phases but the finished result could end up lackluster if they keep slashing the budget Hopefully it gets as much care put into it as Galaxy's Edge. Um, this is a big problem for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people are uh, thinking that because Galaxy's Edge took a long time and it's so innovative and, and there's a lot of money being poured into it, Disney really hasn't saved up the resources to kind of spread it uh, evenly throughout all the projects that they're doing. Um... I personally don't think that's the case. I think we've learned our lesson from the Eisner era and like DCA and Hollywood Studios and um, um, gosh, who else? I think I I think it was um, what, what did I, I no? It was um, Hong Kong Disneyland that went through a lot of budget cuts, and um, we're recovering from it. And I think. Uh, Bob Iger is really smart in uh, uh, spreading our resources and making sure everybody's getting the the tools they need and the, the financial you know savings and, and, and all that um, so I really don't think that that's going to be a problem of course it's not going to be as immersive as uh, Galaxy's Edge because you can only be so immersive when it comes to Marvel um, you really can't go to New York and California or, or Hong Kong or Paris you're in you're in those states and those countries so they did do kind of a workaround from it um, it's going to be somewhat interactive since you're on uh, an Avengers base on different coasts and different countries <clears throat> so I think to that extent it's going to be immersive and we never know maybe there's going to be be um, you know interactive merchandise or uh, storytelling or you know we have the superheroes roaming around the park we don't know so um that's all i have to say on that i I just think people just need to give it a chance overall all of these comments 
are uh, just um, they're they're stemming from the unknowns and uh, you know what we really know at this point Disney has been very vague on what's coming and I think we're going to be getting more info closer to D23 this year which I'm hoping to go to so we can do like a whole episode on it so to everybody who commented I appreciate you uh, be on the lookout for more updates I'll be posting them on Twitter and talking uh, about them on here and maybe I'll answer you guys' question more thoroughly then so that's all for today we have talked about the new Marvel theme park universe that is coming to three parks in the near future which are Hong Kong, Paris, and Anaheim and what exactly these lands are going to consist of. Do you guys have any more comments about the land? Um, you guys can message me on Twitter. My handle is at RodneyDizDiz. And thank you for listening to the first episode of my bi-weekly podcast, The Park Attic Podcast. Remember to subscribe, share, and be ready for more episodes. Have a great day and exit through the gift shop.